Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for joining us on The Great Exchange, a podcast dedicated to looking at the world through gospel glasses. And my name is Maddie, and I am super, super excited to bring to you another special interview on the podcast. Today, we are talking with a pastor and musician, Brian Sove, about what it is like to create music and sing psalms to the glory of God. So I don't want to take too much more time. We'll let Brian do his own introduction. So let us jump into the conversation. We hope you enjoy it. Brian, thanks so much for joining us on The Great Exchange. It's a pleasure to talk with you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm ex- uh, very, very excited to, to talk with you. I know in our private chat, I was saying me and my wife have been listening to your stuff uh, kind of nonstop as of late. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about you uh, and some of the music you're recording, um, some of the tunes that you're doing because you've been a busy guy throughout this year. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted to give you a second to introduce yourself to those who might be unfamiliar with you and kind of uh, your music and your ministry. Sure. Um, my name is Brian Sauvey, and I am a pastor out in Ogden, Utah, so one of the great meccas of evangelical culture. Uh, not really. We have like 2% Christians here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've been pastoring a church out here called Refuge Church for um better part of a decade. Um, I, I'm married to Lexi for 10 years. We've got five kids. And uh, just a, a few years ago, I, I started actually in ministry as a worship leader in kind of mega church environments. And I cringe when I think about almost all of it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, some years ago, we, as a, as an elder team, we had started to talk through just, we'd always sung hymns and, and I think pretty solid music at the church, but we'd started to talk through this command in scripture, like, Hey, sing to one another in Psalms. And, mm. and we just said, why, why haven't we sung a whole Psalm recently? Or, you know, in, in maybe here and there, we'd sing some kind of, that was basically a Psalm. Like, Psalm 51 had some settings, but so I, I just set out, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to a learn what the church has done to do this in the past metrical Psalms. And, and we sing a lot of that now. And then also I'm going to work on, um, setting some things in styles that might serve as a bridge for a congregation like ours between guitar led, um, kind of a, a single melody line d- dominant sort of music and do that. And so I just started, I, Started with Psalm 100, Psalm 23, uh, and started setting some of that music. And from there, I found that I, I put it up on Spotify for for the church, basically, to have easier access to learning it. And people started asking me, somehow found it, and started asking me 
um, hey, are you going to do more of this? We've been listening a lot. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I recorded that first three-song EP in about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like, there are parts in it. Where, anyway, so I said, okay, maybe this is something I should put some time into and um, have been doing about half a day uh, every week that I've been able to carve out to write, record, mix, master, and, and learn how to do all that as well. So that's kind of a nutshell of how I, we got here. Yeah, that's awesome. And you were saying in your pastoral office, you actually have it. It doubles as a studio as well. So that's uh, that's pretty awesome that you uh, can kind of hunker down in one spot there and and do all the work that the Lord's called you to. Yeah, that was helpful. We, we I learned some of the basics with podcast production, and then I was <laughs> like, well, my interface can. I, I guess I could record music, and um, started for, you know like a real pro level producer would listen to it and go why did you do that with the with the compressor that didn't you know i'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, <laughs> but i've been i've been doing my best no and 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 the tunes sound really great so you, okay you mentioned a little bit about doing some of your music and stuff but i actually wanted to i actually saw a video that you posted on your church web uh web page and I, obviously this last year has been um, has been haunted by the specter of COVID-19 and everything mm-hmm. that was going on. Yeah. So I actually, before I wanted to jump into you specifically doing the music and what you're kind of doing with that element of your ministry, just talk about uh, something that you've talked about on your church space, and that's the centrality of gathering together as the church in corporate worship to partake in the worship of our God. So maybe could you give us a little bit of a pastoral perspective on that in the context of the fact that, especially in Canada, many of our churches are still closed. Uh, Brother Tim Stevens is is sitting in jail right now for gathering his church outdoors. Um, so maybe you could talk a little bit about that for us. Yeah, that, I mean, number one, that's, that is just absolute tragedy, just tyranny that um, mm-hmm. he's facing that, that lots of pastors are facing that. Um, one of our, one of the guys that's been influential to us, Joe Boot, is up in Canada as well, and mm-hmm. uh, just so we've been able to hear a little bit about the perspective of folks up there. And I think what what would really help fix a lot of this, if every church in Canada were doing what they're doing, it would be highly unlikely that the government would even be able to do much about it. But the fact that um, our the theology of the gathering and and even our theology, our theological uh, values with respect to you know what what authority does the church have, what authority does the state have, what can they do, and what can't they do before we say we must obey God rather than men? Um, mm-hmm. What's reasonable? What does it look like to obey? First Peter and Romans 13, and also to obey the Lord in his commands to gather. Um, obviously, we fall on the side very strongly that the state does not have the authority to indefinitely suspend the gathering of God's people for the type of thing that's gone on with it which must not be named, 19. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the algorithms to... To nail oh you yeah, here. yeah. You know, <laughs> if we were if we were smart, we would probably uh, stay clear of that too. But we're we're not. So <laughs> you're good. No, I, I just expected for uh, 
the the government to take over my computer screen and to add the little Facebook notice that says, <laughs> "Here's some information on COVID nineteen." Yeah. No. Um, the, the reality is, the church you can't there. There's no digital substitute for the gathering of God's people and corporate worship. The the commands are to gather. The occasion for doing many of these. I mean, First Corinthians eleven. When you come together, talking about the Lord's Supper. We, we could go on. I mean, we are to gather as the people of God in local bodies and worship the Lord in the ways that he's prescribed to us in Scripture. And there, there, while there are times when, for providential reasons, you may have to suspend that gathering for a short time, you know, I'm thinking like if your building burned down, you may have to figure something else out. If there's a blizzard, if there's a war, if there's, a, you know, there, there are real scenarios but we're not there, and we haven't been for some time. I have mm-hmm. great sympathy for churches that at the beginning of you know this issue stopped and said, okay, we're going to figure this out. If there really is, there, obviously there have been times in history where there's been black death scenarios where 60, 40, 30% of a community is dying of something. So yeah, let's take a time, figure this out. We did that for a few weeks, and then when it became clear that this was not that, we just said, we told our governor, who who thankfully hadn't told us that we couldn't, but mm-hmm. we just put out a video. We said, if you do attempt to legally declare that we're not allowed to do this, we will humbly decline to mm-hmm. consider that a lawful command, and we'll continue to gather, and we're going to let you know, and we'll do so respectfully, and um, honoring you. We pray for rulers and authorities every week in our liturgy, um, and let them know we're praying for them, so... Um, but man, you, you just can't substitute. We tell our church all the time, if, if you could substitute the gathering of God's people in worship for, um, some digital alternatives, then why on earth would you listen to me? You know, why wouldn't you, <laughs> yeah. if we're just going online, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> w- w- why wouldn't you go? I mean, there are better guys than me who are at handling the word. So it, it just leads to some absurdities, mm-hmm. I think. And the fruit is just universe. When you, what you you figure it out even churches that are very much committed to that digital alternative you feel the weakness of it very quickly mm-hmm. you just yeah. people dwindle away yeah totally and and that was a reality that most reformed churches knew up until 2020 right that yeah. the most reformed pastors would speak against uh, boldly until right. 2020 um yeah. until we were actually in a position where we had to put legs and and feet on on that tor- sort of theology well, I appreciate that. That definitely, it gives me encouragement to hear those pastoral words from you on the necessity to gather. We've we've talked about it quite a bit on the program, but I just thought we would get your perspective. Now, yeah. obviously, a central part of worship is the singing of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to our Lord. And that is something that through your uh, music ministry that you have been engaged in. And as you've said right off the top, you kind of fell backwards into it as you were stumbling uh, upon singing psalms and stuff. But yeah, if anybody goes checks you out on Spotify, as you made mention, types in Brian Sove, they'll they'll quickly see, okay, this guy is primarily focused on singing psalms. So, Brian, why are psalms essential for the life of the church to be sung during worship, but also just for the Christian to imbibe and to hear and to meditate upon? Maybe you can give us your perspective on that. Yeah, it, there and there are many, many good reasons. 
Um, one of them that honestly should should just be like, a, okay, we're, the conversation's over, at least in terms of whether or not we should make Psalms primal in worship. And it's that God says to multiple times. <laughs> that's it. Sing, yeah, that's it. It's sing to one another in Psalms, I, I'm assuming means that we should sing to one another in Psalms occasionally, probably a lot. And um, even in that, I think it tells us some of how as well. When we're singing to one another in psalms, it should sound like we are singing to one another. You should hear voices um, as the main thing that's happening. It shouldn't be a a worship experience where somebody is just hearing somebody else sing, or um, where people should walk into our gatherings and they should think this is different from what we normally do elsewhere. This isn't mm. a concert. I don't have a, a neat category for this, like a non-Christian. They should think these people are singing to each other. Like this is about them singing. It's not about whoever's leading the music. Um, it's about the people mm-hmm. singing these things, believing these things, declaring these things out loud. So that's huge. Number yeah. one. Um, after that, after the just plain command, which was the first thing that got us just, Hey, we're not doing this. We need to do this. Not music that's shaped by maybe vaguely the Psalms, but let's sing Psalms from beginning to end. Um, what happens when you start to do that is that you discover um, ways in which modern and and in into a lesser extent maybe, but to a still real extent, um, other hymns and songs that the church has sung or does sing today are um, blinkered by our own uh, cultural values, um, particular theological emphasis. Um, and that's gonna. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but the products of a community, whether the sermons that are preached, the the songs that are sung, the art that's made, they're going to be shaped by that particular culture and community, mm-hmm. the theological concerns that have come out of that particular community. Um, so when I, when I think about what that looks like today, it means we're probably going to write a lot of songs today that focus on certain aspects of God's character, even good ones, like God loves us just tremendously. And that's a precious truth. God loves his people. Um, the grace of God in Christ, the gospel. We're going to focus a whole lot on that kind of stuff, and that's not bad. Um, are we going to sing very often and entreat the Lord to crush his enemies? Mm. Probably, Probably not. not. <laughs> yeah, I, I, exactly. I can't think of a Tomlin song <laughs> that <laughs> entreats God to strike all my enemies on the jaw, the mm-hmm. wi- you know, break the wicked's teeth in their mouth. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, just to interject there, we talk about quite often on the program too that the actually the promises, the covenant promises given to God's people, mm. are inherently wrapped up in the promise of Him destroying His enemies and putting oh, good. all of the enemies that. Are, are in the world under Christ's feet. That's Psalm yeah. 110, right? So yeah. uh, we can't forget that aspect of it. And I, I appreciate the fact that you bring up how that's so often missed in mm-hmm. um, our, our musical worship uh, if we were not to entreat ourselves to those psalms. to my Lord Sit down in my right hand 
If you're going to understand the theology of the the apostles and the Lord, you have to understand the Psalms. What is Jesus, what is on his mind on the cross? Psalm 22, my <laughs> Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? When you talk about a Psalm like Psalm 110, you're looking at the most quoted passage from the Old Testament by the authors of the New, far and away. So apparently there's something in Psalm 110, verse 1, and 1 through 4 particularly, that is massive in the apostles' understanding of where they were in history, what the Lord had done. You think about something like Psalm 2. Again, you look at the divinely inspired inerrant commentary of the New Testament on Psalm 2, and it, it explains to you that Psalm 2, what, it's, was it at all, what is it all about? Well, it's about uh, the today, today I've begotten you, begotten from the dead, begotten the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus from the dead. Ask of me, and I will make the nations heritage, your heritage. This is all about the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, conquest of the Lord Jesus in the gospel. Mm-hmm. So you can't understand the theology of the New Testament adequately without an, a rich understanding and grounding in the Psalter. 
because it was what they sung. It was what they their, their desires, hopes were shaped by. So when we sing the Psalms together, we find ourselves joining in with the ethos and the, the hopes and the language and the covenantal language uh, and expectations and desires of thousands of years of the church, which is, and obviously they're inerrant and inspired by the Holy Spirit for that purpose. So, I mean, you just have, you get shaped by what you sing. And when you sing the Psalms, you get this rich, um, rich, varied understanding of God's love, mercy, holiness, righteousness, his vindication of his, of his righteousness, um, the, the, the terrifying place that his foes are in. Um, you, uh, Psalm 37, which I think about a lot, I just did a four-song EP just through Psalm 37, and um, it, it will remind you, as our church sings that together, we're, we're being reminded of why we ought not fret at tyrants or wicked men who seem to prosper like a great green laurel tree. You know, behold, he fell, no more he was, though long I sought for him. He was not there. He won't be found. He passed away. His glory dimmed. That's the end of the wicked, and we need to be reminded of that. It's, so, so there are just so many things that are happening as we sing the Psalms that mm. the Lord desires to happen in us, that we lose when we have just man-made hymns, I think.
shall broken be. But God the Lord, the just sustains. For God, He knows the just man's days. And ere their heritage remains, in evil times they won't be shamed. In days of famine will abound. But Yeah, that totally makes sense, and I'm so appreciative of the fact that you're you're setting out on this path to record psalms and, like you say, kind of bridge that gap between that more maybe uh, or more familiar, especially to in our modern context of you know kind of that that uh, type of uh, worship band kind of experience, but then bringing that into um, a really different kind of more traditional atmosphere, and then singing sing the Psalms as well. And I love how you, um, you make mention too of the fact that we are shaped by what we sing. Um, because I, I always talk about this, uh, Nick and I, uh, my co-host, uh, we're both musicians. And the, the interesting part about music is, uh, is you listen to your favorite song so much more than you read your favorite book or watch your favorite movie that you, there, there's an aspect of music that can, uh, transform your heart and your emotions and, and your mind in ways that almost no other medium has the capability of doing. And also that repetition of uh, of those songs um, also helps you store up the word of God in your heart, which is another added benefit to, to singing psalms. So maybe you can comment a little bit on that as well. Yeah, that that is a very important aspect of well, why we ought sing, why we have to take great care of what we sing, is because it is going to hide the not just the brute force language, but also the music is itself a language. Music, um, when you, for example, when you sing Psalm 100, it should sound major key, in my opinion. It should be like, make a joyful <laughs> noise to the Lord, all the earth. Uh, shouldn't be like, shouldn't sound like, uh, make a joyful noise. Yeah. <sighs> That's for a different psalm, Psalm 109, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that that encodes the language and the texture and the emotional texture um, of what is being said onto you as that happens. Um, so when you sing inerrant scripture set to fitting music, it's a powerful thing. It hides the word in your heart. I have so many like things come to mind now 
from these Psalms that I, I would never have, have thought as frequently um, <laughs> about and prayed as frequently. Even when I'm just praying, I'm thinking of Psalm 72 now. And it's, it's like, wow, Psalm, I would not have thought to pray about this, but God apparently wants me to because he wrote a song teaching me to pray like this. Uh, and man, it's it's a powerful, powerful thing when you can just on the drop of a hat of the hat have whole chapters of the Psalms come to mind, and and it, it that even reminds me of something interesting that I heard that you know when when a man would go before the presbytery to be examined in some eras of the history of the church, one of the things that they would ask a man was do you have all of the Psalms memorized? And if he didn't, there were eras in the in the church, in the Presbyterian churches, where you could not be an elder. You could not be sent to pastor a church if you didn't have the Psalter memorized. And, and the reason they Whoa. could do that <laughs> is because they sang the Psalter from the cradle. I mean, they sang mm. whole Psalms all the way through. And that was like, that's like the first, that's just like the the baseline. They're just clearing out the chaff. Like, hey, this is just our baseline requirement sort of thing. And and I I get it. There's no requirement in 1 Timothy to, to have the Psalms memorized. It's I I'm mm-hmm. not advocating necessarily for the return to that, but I do think that if a culture for long enough was adequately shaped by the Psalms, that one of the fruits of that would be it wouldn't be crazy for that to be a requirement. Yeah. You know, and certainly, and, and you just think about it, the Old Testament as like, you know, Jewish military literature, right? Like we're, we're called to meditate up, upon God's word and, and just how natural that is when we put that into song. Um, and you just think of the Psalms as a whole, right? There's things in God's inerrant inspired word in the Psalms that I would never dare say to God. <laughs> if it yeah. weren't in the psalm, right? right. <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it, oh, if yeah. you want to look at the the characteristics and the shape and the the warp and the woof of a Christian's life, there's no better place to go than the psalms. So, yeah. as pilgrims in this world, uh, in between the already and the not yet, what better place for us to go each and every Lord's Day than to this treasury of literature? that we can then sing back to the Lord and we can oh, yeah. put his promises on our lips and on our hearts and on our minds and, and worship him with, with that. So I'm so appreciative of, of, you know, your journey down this path. It's been a journey for me. I come from a background, non-Christian background, um, you know, light Christian influences throughout all my life, but I played in like metal bands and punk rock bands and, and did that whole kind of scene. So I naturally just gravitated towards, you know, like that bigger band, more like concert experience. But I think to touch on something you've said previously is there's an aspect of scripture that commands us to sing songs to one another. And that's what I really want to talk to you about now is not only is it important that the saints commune together, gather together, partake in singing these psalms together, but that worship is this dialogical experience where God speaks to us and then we speak back to God. And that's the beauty of Reformed liturgy down through the ages is that kind of dialogical aspect of it. And um, 
maybe you can talk a little bit about that because what we see, especially now in our modern day concert kind of church setting for like mega churches, that's more Roman than it is Protestant, right? Because Roman worship is kind of this vicarious sort of worship that's being done through the sacerdotal priesthood. But reformed worship has always been about the saints of God gathering together and participating with one another in the worship of God. Mm, yeah, man, that is such a great point. We're And it should be obvious when people walk into our services or come, especially since so many of our people are going to come from sort of broadly evangelical backgrounds, and, and maybe they discover expository preaching or some other gateway drug <laughs> into Reformed worship. <laughs> yeah. And they come in and they're like, we, want, we know we want this expository preaching thing. And they come into our service and they're like, but what is this whole call and response throughout the whole service? We read the text and mm-hmm. thus ends the reading of God's word. May he write it on our hearts by faith. And everyone says, thanks be to God. Or uh, when we read back and forth the scriptures publicly, when we confess our sin and have an assurance of pardon in the service, you know, it's this interaction where the, it should look like the people gathering to worship the Lord, remember his covenant, re- uh, learn of his glory, remember his deeds, and be shaped in his image as we behold him together, rather than religious professionals dispensing spiritual goods and services in the in exchange for monetary remunerant or what you know remuneration and so often that's what it looks like in Mm -hmm. broadly evangelical worship and reformed worship just old dusty you know quote-unquote reformed worship is the answer to that (laughs) Mm -hmm. you just go back and you say no we're gonna we're going to engage together as the saints directed by uh some elders and shepherds to, to direct us in the right way, in the right channels, and teach us in accordance with the Word of God, just like a shepherd moves the sheep around the pasture or says, hey, don't go over there, let's go over here. But it's it's the people who are worshiping the Lord, not the people looking at someone worship the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's key. I really appreciate that. Now, Brian, you don't only sing um, psalms. Uh, if True. you go to your channel, you won't only see, uh, see psalms. You, uh, I, and this is probably, I, I really like this one. It's kind of out of the style that you normally kind of do. You recorded a sea shanty uh, this year as well. <laughs> yes, it's one of, one of the many things. I think, have you recorded three different albums? Uh, yeah, year? Songs We're Singing is a three-song EP, Psalm three psalm 95 and then an old martin luther hymn that i rewrote and added some stuff to bright the rider has psalm 1 110 23 uh it has some more stuff too and then the last one is psalm 37 but yeah oh and then there's the sea shanty that's a single yeah yeah and i i thought that was that that was really fun uh it was a really great so 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 why why that sea shanty uh (laughs) yeah is it just something you came across and you really enjoyed and you wanted to lay it down or kind of what what inspired you to do that well one of the things i love about the psalms and the way that they've been sung even in our church as we move further and, and and grow um we're growing in to we are singing psalms in four part harmony as well now and we are singing settings from you know this from 1650 psalter and things like that in addition to my own original settings um what i love about those settings is that they are very much um designed for not just men with high voices and women to sing but men sing them and can sing them very well yeah. and loudly 
civilization was built by singing men, right? <laughs> like yeah. men on ships sailing across the ocean with goods and cargo, singing as they worked. Men on farms <laughs> digging in the ground, cutting trees down, building and singing. Civilization was built by men who sang. And in our culture, one of the worst um, results of modernism in modernity is men have stopped singing. 150 years ago, you could go to any village or hamlet and you would find a regular weekday activity, weeknight activity of men getting together to sing. That would be normal. You'd have choirs mm -hmm. of men that would just get together and sing. You go to pubs and you, you'd, you'd, men would be singing the local pub songs and it would be normal. They didn't have TV. They just sung. That was what they did. And we've shifted, as with a lot of things, to where everything we consume is made is outsourced to professionals, digitized, democratized on, online. And so we just we hear music, but we don't sing music. So even as I've set the psalms, I'm trying to set psalms that men can sing. And the shanties are just, they're, they're men, they're male songs. So uh, we, we are starting a, a Christian school this fall. St. Brendan's and, and St. Brendan is St. Brendan the Navigator. So he was a, a say, you know, the voyage of St. Brendan, the legendary voyage is kind of his, what he's known for other than being an apostle to Ireland. Um, and so we thought what would be more fitting for our school song than a sea shanty for the Navigator. And so we <laughs> yeah. wrote it, you know, I'm working on Psalm two right now for my next release. And, um, man, the more I write it and, work on it the more shantyish it's coming together so i think i probably will have more of those in that vein well we'll be all right if the lord be on our side we'll be all right if the lord be on our side we'll be all right if the lord be on our side and the lord is on our side and we strength will be all right if the lord be our strength we'll be all right if the lord be our strength and the lord is our strength and we Sharpen in the axe to cut down old daughter's oak. We'll be sharpen in the axe to cut down old daughter's oak. We'll be sharpen in the axe to cut down old daughter's oak. For the Lord is stronger far. And we all belong to Jerusalem above. We I, 
I love it. I love the arrangement. I I love singing psalms uh, and spiritual songs to the Lord in in a mighty powerful way. And I know some of the 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 most just uh, transformational moments of worship uh, that I've that experienced are you know sometimes just with a, a bunch of God's people gathered together singing worship songs to the Lord um, and just how powerful that experience is. It, it's a foretaste of heaven to come and, and what we'll be engaged in. So if we want to prepare, <laughs> you know, Revelation gives us this p- picture. If we want to be made in the yep. image of God, if we want to prepare for the new heavens and the new earth, we better uh, be be getting our vocal cords ready because uh, we're right. going to be uh, do, doing that quite a bit. That's right. No, I love that. And I love that you talk about men and treating themselves to the Lord, uh, engaged in singing together. There's a camaraderie about it. Um, it too. And I just think of, you know, when, when the reformation was happening the earliest reformers were, were going about their way, uh, you know, how often they would, um, lean on Martin Luther's mighty fortress is our God. When trouble beset them, they would say, let's sing this hymn. And that would lift their souls out of the dust. Right. Um, so I'm really glad brother that you are, uh, coming you, you're you're clearly going through this evolution and you're you're putting out these songs that um can help others not only your church setting uh, like you said it's kind of primarily that was why you did it but then can help uh, brothers and sisters across the world through these streaming services help store up the word of god in their heart by singing psalms and spiritual songs so I'm appreciative of, of your work doing that and also with what you're doing in Utah, uh, which is a notoriously dark place, obviously, um, center of Mormonism and, and lots of cult activity. So I appreciate you being a beacon of light and hope in that community as well. So thank you so much. I know you're a busy guy. You, like I said, three three sort of uh, albums or singles, or and you're working on another one. It sounds like uh, you've re- released this year on top of you know your responsibility as a father to five children and a husband to a, a loving wife and all the things that go into ministry as well. So we really appreciate you taking some time out to talk to us. Could you tell our listeners? how they can get a hold of Brian Sove and, sure. and kind of all you're doing. Yeah. So there's a couple ways that you could follow along and get in touch. Um, if you are interested in supporting the Psalms recording and all of that, I found that music production is expensive. So I think I've, I've spent thousands of dollars and I'm not yes. even, I could still, I could still use some microphones that cost more than a hundred dollars to record with too. Uh, so there are a bunch of folks on Patreon that have helped make this stuff possible. Um, you can find me there under my name, B-R-I-A-N-S-A-U-V-E. Um, I'm on Twitter at Brian underscore Sauve. Same, uh, same spelling and everything, obviously. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I've got a lot of different projects going. Um, I do a podcast for our school called The Captain's Log. Um, I'm preaching weekly at the church, and all that stuff's publicly available. Our church is refugeutah.org. And uh, you can find all of our sermons and actually a lot of the music stuff there as well. All the music is up everywhere. So iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Tidal, all the different places, and some I don't even know about. Um, (laughs) And I also have a website that's just my name, briansove.com, where I have a lot of music links as well as writing and different stuff. So there's a lot going on. 
If you follow me on Twitter, though, you'll pretty much find 90% of what I'm doing. There you go. Well, thank you, brother. I really appreciate you giving us the time, like I said, and God bless you in your your myriad of ministries. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll have another opportunity to have you on the program in the future. Yeah, really appreciate you inviting me, and uh, it's been a good conversation. Thank you. Do you love listening to The Great Exchange? You can subscribe to our podcast on any one of these podcast platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, and have two engaging episodes delivered to your mobile device each week. Our midweek message covers a myriad of topics and teaches us to look at them all through gospel glasses. And our Scripture Saturday episode is just that, an opportunity to study the Bible one passage of Scripture at a time. Miss an episode? Visit our website, thegreatexchange.ca, and you will find the complete back catalog of our episodes. And don't be shy. We love to hear from you, our listeners. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram, or if you're not social media savvy, send us an email to thegreatexchangepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all for joining in our ministry as we help you look at the world through gospel glasses. Well, praise God. That was a wonderful conversation with dear brother Brian Sauve. If you like what you heard, he was so gracious to give us the opportunity to play some of his music during the podcast. Definitely go over to Spotify or wherever you listen to music, Apple Music, anything like that, Google Play. Uh, type in Brian Sove. That's B-R-I-A-N-S-A-U-V-E. That's Brian Sove. And you can check out all his ver- various ministries at briansove.com. Definitely do our brother a favor, go over there, um, check out his stuff, and promote it to friends, family, um, that they might also encourage him in his music-making endeavor. And also, we're just so happy that we got a chance to talk about something other than the specter of of that which shall not be named. Um It has been a difficult year, but it's always good to see what the Lord is doing through his people. So we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know. Give us some feedback. You can leave a comment and a rate and review on any of your podcast catchers. Please give us a five-star review. Also, check out our website, thegreatexchange.ca, where you can check out a bunch of what we have going on over there. Check out some of our amazing interviews in the past as well that we've done with Dr. P. Andrew Sandlin. R.C. Sproul Jr., um, Tony Miano, many others like that. So definitely go over there. And you can also check out some of the sweet, sweet swag that we're going to have coming your way as well in the not-too-distant future. So thank you so much for tuning in. But as we say at the end of every single podcast, it is finished.